0: Let's go ahead and get started here. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, I just want to take some time to uh, welcome you again. Welcome to the firehouse. Thanks for joining us this morning. My name's Rich. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, I want to just start by saying uh, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad... Nothing happened to you on May twenty-first, uh, two thousand and eleven. It's good. It's good to be here. Um, we'll probably talk a tad about that uh, later in the message here. Just some uh, things that we can come away with from that time. But uh, for me, maybe a harder day than May twenty-first was uh, May eighteenth this week. Do you guys know what May eighteenth was? Wednesday, yes, yeah, Wednesday, I survived Wednesday, um, survived small group, it's a rough bunch there. Um, it was a uh, birthday, not yet, I'm surviving till that, Lord willing, for another week here. But uh, our uh, our neighborhood did a, a little, uh, there's an organization or a business in the neighborhood called the Prino Foods, they're right on the corner over by our house there, but they sponsored a uh, an annual 5K run. And so uh, I survived May 18th in the 5K run. it was. If you remember anything about Wednesday, it was not really good running weather. So uh, for me, really no day is good running weather. Um, but so, anyways, it was raining. It looked like they were going to cancel the race, and a couple guys like from the running club in the neighborhood were like, "Let's do it anyways." And I'm like, "I don't feel obligated to." I don't, you know, um, but uh, one of my neighbors. One of the reasons I was there was just to be with him. He had a goal of winning the race last year. He came in third place, and he said uh it was because he was pushing a jogger stroller, so a couple guys beat him because he had trouble navigating the sidewalks there a little bit, but uh, he wanted to win it this year, so I thought I'd be there to cheer him on. But anyways, uh, we got out there and it was raining, it was really raining quite a bit, And uh, but I finished in the top ten finishers, so you guys ought to know, yeah, thank you, thank you, my claim the to fame, top ten finishers. For the record, there were seven runners. Um, so uh, that, was, that helped out. Claim to fame, those being in the top ten. One of my claims, maybe more to shame, was that I am pretty sure there was an elementary school kid that beat me. I, I am, I'm pretty sure. They said he was from the school right that we ran past, and, and I, it's an elementary school, and I'm just hoping maybe they were talking about another school, a junior high or something. But uh, anyways, claim to fame, maybe offset by other things so but anyway it's good to be here I'm glad we're all here glad we survived yesterday as well I'm going to go ahead and pray and then we're going to jump into uh, part two of our series we've started here it's about the slogan and really the vision of the church love rescue and transform and so we're going to look at the the second facet of that this morning so if you would let's just bow our heads and pray again that God would uh, speak to each one of us here Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for this morning. We thank you that you have given us life today. God, and I just pray that um, you would meet us here just in these few minutes we have left together. God, I just pray that you would open up a channel to each one of our hearts. God, you have things you want to communicate to every person here. You know our lives. You know our issues. You know our our joys and our trials and our our victories and our defeats. and, And God, you want to speak to us here. And I pray you'd help us to listen. God, it's not the, you know, your your deal as far as speaking. It's ours and listening, God, and help us to hear you this morning. Uh, remove our distractions, just even for a few minutes here. Help us to catch your heart. Help us to respond with whatever you put on our hearts, Lord. And um, but we just turn this time over to you. We ask you to do this by your spirit and and through your grace. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, you know, often we get asked the question, um. So why did you name it the Firehouse Church, you know? It's a fair question. Um, I I think uh, there's a lot of different reasons why we named it the Firehouse Church. Uh, One of them, back in the days when we were brainstorming names, uh, you know, we started the church back in 2004, and a team of us came down from Fort Collins. How many of you came from Fort Collins? A few of you here. All right, yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't recognize you from the team there, but I'm glad you came from Fort Collins. That's yeah, good. Um, so, uh, but, anyways, we, we came down, we were trying to figure out a name for the church. And originally, I, I was one of the pastors, and also Rick Whitney was a pastor with me. And he had been a part of starting, you know, six or seven churches when, when he helped us with this one. And so, he let me do some brainstorming on the name. And I was trying to think of, like, some different options. You know, um, we have some different ministries and churches. We know, like, some of you might know the rock, you know, there's a rock in Fort Collins, there's a rock in Salt Lake City, there's a few rocks out there, um, great name, we got a few rock people here from Salt Lake out there, good. Um, another name that people were using was, um, you know, there was H2O, there's some ministries named H2O, you know, so we, we have one out in Orlando there, um, another one is O2, like Greeley I think, they have a group there called O2, and so I was thinking through, okay, we got like, we got water covered H2O, we got oxygen covered O2. We got the rock, you know, earth, wind, fire, all these... Well, fire, we didn't have fire. And I thought, you know, fire, it's got some good things to fire. You know, we talked last week about uh, God's love for us is fiery, it's passionate, it's like a consuming fire. That's one of the reasons for our logo there, the the flame representing God's fire and our, our response to His passionate love. But another reason that we named it the firehouse was, you know, it had to do for me, it started with a story that I heard on the news once. And it was um, over eleven, almost eleven years ago, this August. And I heard this story just uh, in passing, but it was about a fireman down here in Denver. And I was up in Fort Collins passing uh, up there, at, you know, at the, the rock up there. And But I had just, this story caught my attention. It was during August, and um, there was some flooding that was going on in, in the Denver uh, area. And some firemen had stopped to help out at an intersection. They were helping direct traffic at an intersection, just kind of voluntarily. I think they saw that it was a mess or something there. And as they were helping out, um, this woman who happened to be stranded in her car decided to get out of her car. And she started getting swept away in the, in the floodwaters. And these two firemen went after her. And they got to her. And one of them, after, after getting to her, one of them slipped and was swept away. And they found his body five hours later. And he had drowned to death. And to me, I was just struck by... You know that's that's a fireman giving his life, another was saved, a young woman was saved, um, but he laid down his life. he left behind a wife, three young daughters and, and he gave everything and um, to me at the time I was just wrestling through what is a disciple of Jesus like? What is a disciple to do? And, and that story to me was a snapshot of you know that's what a disciple's like right there. We're to lay down our lives to see people rescued, not just from the floods and the fires of this life but those of Eternity, you know, and there's a verse, uh, one of the verses that also guided along this idea was, um, it's in Jude. Jude, and we got one chapter, verse 23. And it says this Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. But there's that idea God wants us to rescue others, those that are being swept away, those that maybe have no way of escaping. He wants us to rescue them. And that's a part of the Firehouse Church. You know, God gave the church, back when Jesus commissioned His first disciples in the early church, He gave the church a mission. And that mission was a rescue mission. And here at the Firehouse Church, we're still on that mission. We still take Jesus's words to go and get out with the good news. Um, to all, everyone everywhere, you know, to get the good news out that, that they might be saved from what is coming. And, and that is our heartbeat here. That's one of the reasons why we're called the Firehouse Church. Because like firemen in many different firehouses and stations around the city, you know, this church is on a rescue mission. And so, for the record, that's one of the reasons why we're the Firehouse Church. And we're going to talk a little more about that reason here this morning. You know, one of the things I thought about um, in this, this man that laid down his life to rescue this woman Um, you know it wasn't a random happening he didn't just happen to be at the right place at the right time and and therefore he gave his life you know he had made a choice to commit his life to, to this career that he was in being a fireman and he knew there was risks involved with that and you know he said well what do you think there's a chance you might die and you know he just said I try not to think about it too much, but he said, I also realize that that comes with the territory here. And if you can't stomach it, it's probably not a career for you to be in, you know. And, and he didn't lay down his life randomly, accidentally. He had made a choice that that's something he was willing to do. You know, and I think about Jesus and really that, that guy that laid down his life was just a glimmer of, of Jesus' whole life and his mission and Jesus didn't accidentally bump into trouble in Jerusalem and, and accidentally get crucified on a cross there you know it was a part of his mission he made a choice that he was going to go there and one of the things I love just one of the last times reading through the gospel of Luke here in the one year Bible the theme you see over and over again is it just said Jesus at one point it said he resolutely set his heart on Jerusalem he wanted to get there. He knew he would get there. People said, you know, Peter told him, Don't go there, don't go to the cross. You know, we can we can prevent that. And he said, Get away from me, Satan. And others tried to prevent him from going there. His own family members were like, you know, why you know, why don't you go go public now and stuff? But he's like, I have a mission, I have something I need to accomplish, and he got to the cross and it wasn't an accident. He made a choice. And you know, as followers of Christ, if you're going to lay down your life for another person um, in, in communicating the good news about Jesus you know it's not going to happen accidentally you're not going to just accidentally it was the right place at the right time but it just kind of happened and I laid down my life to my selfishness and my sins and I went and thought about someone else it's just not going to happen accidentally um, as a matter of fact Jesus, Jesus said this this is something I want you to think about here if um, you, know, you want to be on this mission that Jesus was on that he called people onto he was pretty serious about it. he said this then He called His disciples and the crowd. This is Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and 35 the Living Bible here. It says, And He called His disciples and the crowds to come over and listen. Here's what Jesus says to you and to me. If any of you wants to be My follower, He told them, you must put aside your own pleasures and shoulder your cross and follow Me closely. If you insist on saving your life, you will lose it. Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. Laying down your life for someone else, it doesn't happen accidentally. Again, here's what Jesus says. Just let these words speak to you. Maybe hear His voice this morning. If any of you wants to be my follower, He told them, you must put aside your own pleasures and shoulder your cross and follow me closely. If you insist on saving your life, you will lose it. Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. You know, I just have a question here this morning for some of you. Um, Have you made that choice? Have you responded to the love that Jesus showed on the cross for you, to His loving rescue? And have you said, my life is yours? You know, I made that choice a while back when I came to understand what He had done for me, how He laid down His life to rescue me. And I freely said, I I do want to throw my life away for you. And, And you know, that phrase I don't take lightly. Some of you, you know, if you've made a decision to try to follow Christ with your life, with your marriage, with your family... I guarantee you probably have already heard it. You're wasting your life. You're throwing away your opportunities. You're, you know, in this world's eyes, it might look like you're throwing it away, but, um, you know, in God's eyes, you're not throwing it away. It's the most uh, precious investment you could ever make with your life is to lay it down for something that will be eternal you know, I love the question that uh, Bill Young a pastor out in uh, Salt Lake City asked he asked at a lot of the Faith Walkers conferences but he, he always asked this question it always haunts me um, and I want to ask it to you this morning but it goes like this is, is what you're living for worth what Christ died for? is what you're living for today is it worth what Christ died for? He gave everything for you What are you living for today? That's a challenging question to me, to all of us here. But this morning we're going to look at maybe some ways, you know, if you're like me, I feel like I go through phases where there's times where I go, I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to be telling people about Jesus, I'm supposed to be sacrificing my interests, my passions, my hobbies to lay down my life for someone else, to share the gospel boldly. And I feel like I go through seasons where I'm doing great at that. And I can say, hey, you guys, follow me. And then other times, like now, I say, Folks, I need to get my act together on this. And maybe why don't you follow me as I get my act together. Because we've we've got a lot of growth. I've got a lot of growth I can do in this. And and maybe you can too. Maybe you're doing awesome at this. And that's, that's great. But I know i got a lot of room for growth here in this season that I'm in. Sometimes we'll do the outreach class of the church where we do, you know, 13, 12 intensive weeks of training in the gospel. And I can get on a roll and be sharing the gospel regularly. And I love preaching on this at that time. So I can go, yeah, I did it yesterday. I shared the gospel. Someone prayed to receive Christ. But I can't tell you that from this past week. Or the week before that or the one before that you know I've been involved in the gospel I've had opportunities here and there but um, you know we don't want to get in the business of comparing to others well I'm doing better than that person's doing Um, you know it really comes down to are you doing everything that God wants you to be doing as far as getting the gospel out. And my hope is that some of the things we look at this morning will help encourage you and warm your heart and speak to you like they've been speaking to me as I've been preparing here and studying these. So uh, anyway, we're going to look at our handout here. Um, if you would, let's see. Hopefully you got a pen, you got a handout. Everyone got one of these? Let's see the sign? Okay, good. Um, you know, we talked last week that our goal as a church is we're all about loving God and loving people. Last week we talked about loving God. The next two weeks we're going to talk about loving people. And really, there's two types of people that we are called to love in this world. And it's those that that know Christ, those that are also believers and trying to follow Him. And there's those who don't know Christ. Those who don't believe in Him aren't trying to follow Him. And we are called to love them both. But that love, you know, looks different. There's different ways to express God's love to these two different types of people, you know. And this morning we're going to look at... Expressing God's love to those who might not yet know it or have responded to His love or what His Son did for them. And and so we're going to talk about that. And that's, um, you know, the rescue mission that God has given the church. It's called, some of you might know it already, it's called the Great Commission. And the Great Commission consists of several verses. Here, let me see. I'm not sure where I am in the presentation here. Uh, Well, what is the Great Commission? That's a good question. Um, The Great Commission, it's the... It consists of some of these verses right here. It's really a group of commands that after Jesus rose from the dead and He was showing Himself to His disciples, He gave them their marching orders. It's just so interesting to think He didn't give them their marching orders uh, before He died and rose again. after He died and for their sins and rose from the grave to prove that He could do it all, then He said, here's the deal. Here's the mission. And he has a consistent theme, one consistent theme threaded throughout the Gospels and even the book of Acts when it comes to the mission here. And, and that's this theme called the Great Commission. A couple of verses that encapsulate it. One is this verse in Mark where Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Get out there and get the good news to everybody. That's what he told his disciples to do. He could have said, hey, Jerusalem's an awesome holy city. Just hang out here in Jerusalem. People are going to flock from everywhere and then tell them about me. Now he said, hey, you, I've trained you, I've invested in you, I've showed you my love. Now let's get out there and take this good news to the whole world also matthew twenty eight nineteen and twenty encapsulates this mission it 's it's one that's maybe familiar to you if you 've been a part of a great commission church in our association here at all, but he says Jesus said this, therefore he 's telling them you know, all authority has been given to me. He, he told him that before, but now it was kind of like it 's a, a matter of fact, hey, I do have all authority by the way, if you hadn 't figured it out now, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. And, um, and so he said, you know, to go, make disciples, get out there, communicate God's love and, and teach them this way of life that I taught you. And that's, that's the Great Commission. In a nutshell, these verses really can encapsulate it. But, um, you know what, we're going to answer the question here. You see some of your blanks here. We're just going hit, to hit those blanks real quick together. Um, Great Commission really boils down to loving people. Again, those who know Christ and those who don't. Those who don't, we call that evangelism. Those who do we, in building them up, we call that discipleship. Um, why should you and I preach the good news? Well, the first one's kind of obvious. Jesus commanded it. You know, it's not like oh, you're a Christian for a while, you wander around trying to figure out a purpose, and you go, hey, I got a great idea. Why don't I tell other people about Jesus? Now Jesus thought that up before he actually left the planet and he said, Hey, why don't you go tell people about what I've done here? It is a command. Um, We're under orders. Also, another reason to share the good news with others is it's a way to show love to God. Last week we talked about one of the ways we communicate love to God is through obedience. and in obeying this command it's a clear set of commands to take this good news to everyone in the whole world we have a chance to do that with the purpose of showing love to God you know I've been thinking about that more and more with my kids as they get older and older you know um, recently they were ages 2, 4, 6 and 8 made it a lot easier to keep track of now they're changing the tides to 2, 5, 7, 8 and one in root here in July um I don't know what that is point, uh, point .75 um, so but anyways you know my kids I, I tell them hey you know one of the ways you can show me your dad love is if you do what I ask you to do kind of like God says we show him love through obeying we're trying to communicate that to our kids and occasionally they get it occasionally there's a little glimpse you know I think of my my daughter Graham on occasion she'll be like you know dad um, by the way uh, just want to let you know I helped Rory do her chores today um and the reason she's saying that is because I constantly say don't just think about yourself think about helping others we, we've looked at the story about Jesus said, hey wash the feet of those around you and you know that sometimes they'll say yeah dad I washed so and so's feet talking about their sibling but, but occasionally they catch it and it's a beautiful thing we just want there to be more occasions where that happens you know um, but the same is true when it comes to us obeying God you know sharing the good news with others you know, when was the last time you said, God, I really want to show you love by obeying this command? Um, you know, maybe another question would be, if, if there was only one command that God looked at to assess how you're doing and showing Him love, and it was this command, how are you doing in showing God love? By the way you've shared the good news with others. How much love have you communicated? I think we could all say we need to grow in that. We probably want to do that more. You know, another motivation um, is not only to show our love to God, but to show God's love to those who don't know it, to those who haven't experienced it. It's another great motivation. And, um, you know, sometimes you're sharing the good news. It's like if you've gotten to share, uh, maybe it's the diagram presentation or something else, there's just this... To me, it's one of the most awesome things I experience in life. is getting to share the gospel with someone who's interested, and someone you see God genuinely working on their heart. They seem humble. They seem like they're they're wanting some answers, and to get to share these things, and you can almost just feel God's love, Him expressing Himself through you to them. God loves you so much; He sent His Son to die for you, so that you wouldn't have to die, so that He could have relationship with you for eternity. There's just an amazing. Amazing thing to get to be a channel to communicate God's love through. And um, you know, again, I have a question for for you. What's been going on uh, on your channel? How much how much has been happening on your channel from God to the people out there? Has it been silent for a while? Is there a little static? Has God been able to express His love through you as His vessel, as His channel on this planet? Again, we want that to be the case, um, and so we're going to look at some practicals here. How can we? How can we grow in this? Um, let's keep moving here on the other side. Um, how can you and I? So the command is to preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Now, here I got a little. Maybe it's a riddle for you. If it's a riddle, um, it's not a good riddle, but I'll, I'll try it on you anyways. Um, what? Uh, let's see. So everyone, not all of us are called to be preachers. But all of us are called to preach Why is that? What's the answer? Solve that I don't even know if that's framed well But So we're not, we're not all called to be preachers Yet every one of us is called to preach How does that work? Well, that's true You know, I heard that some people say, you know before you preach the good news be the good news so you want to have a consistency in your life and in your message but in this case most of the time we think of a preacher as someone like me someone who's paid preaching the good news Jesus said go preach the good news you're a preacher come on Rich, Jeff, Brad get out there and preach but you know, Jesus was talking to all of His disciples, not even just the ones that were gifted in evangelism. He, he said, hey, I want all of you get out there and preach the good news. And um, So we're not all called to be preachers. Not all of you are, are you know, um, that's your calling in life, to serve the Lord as a preacher, as a pastor. But every one of you, if you, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, every one of you has been given the charge to go preach. And I just want to make sure you know that. At the firehouse, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, this, this applies to you as well as me. And, you know, I like Bill Bright's uh, perspective on it here. Sometimes we can think, oh yeah, you know, to be successful, somebody has to get saved. Somebody needs to be in a pile of tears after I talk to them and I know I was successful. And I'll go report back to my prayer meeting and tell them how successful I was. Um, no, you know, really the heart of it is this, you know, so success in witnessing is simply taking the initiative to share Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. Sometimes we can be like, you know, I'm not going to share unless I know this person is like ready. Because when I share I wanna have I wanna see something cool happen. I don't want to just share for the heck of it. Well that's not what God said. Jesus said, Get out there and share and the results are in his hands, you know, and He can save somebody or he can have someone not be ready or whatever it is. But our job is to share. We need to make sure we're clear on our role and clear on his. And so, um, let's keep moving here in our blanks here. A couple ways that we can preach the good news. Here's how every one of us can preach. Um, Because we've all been called to it. But the first one, we've got an acronym here. Um, If you know me... At all, you know I'm not very good with acronyms or spelling or things like that in general. Um, I did better in the math subjects. Um, but uh, here's an acronym I feel like God gave me on this subject related to getting the gospel out. This acronym is hopefully will help every one of us. I know it's helped me even in reviewing this as well. But the first one is um, we need to proactively initiate with the God, with the lost you know we need to be proactive about it uh, Jesus didn't say you know hey stay and tell the good news to anyone who walks by you He said go get out there you know I think of Jesus um, uh, Luke 19.10 if you don't know that verse says for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost you know Jesus' mission it was a search and rescue mission it was a get out there and find them get out there and reach them and then give them what they need to meet their needs um so, man, when we've been given a search and rescue mission, there's a go, there's a get out there. Um, you know, we got to be proactive. Sometimes, I remember uh, back in the day, some of it, sometimes we can be proactive about other things than reaching the lost, right? How many of you have been proactive for some student organization, some cause? some? Anyone ever been proactive for anything? You know, like... <laughs> Save the this, save the that. If we said what we've been proactive for, we probably have an interesting list of things, you know. Um, get that beer back on the menu over there, at the Highland Tap. You know, we're going to pass a petition around about that, but. Um, you know I remember myself before I really took a hold of hey Jesus has given me a, uh, a mission here uh, I was doing some stuff that you guys probably don't know about nowadays I can share it more freely I was doing some network marketing things I had a good job at Hewlett Packard as a software engineer they paid me well but I was voted in my class most likely to succeed so I thought a good salary as an engineer you know that's good but it's not most likely to succeed good you know and so I thought I needed to do some other things so I did some network marketing I did this, uh, this business called Amway any of you ever heard of Amway before yeah uh, soaps back then soaps a lot of soap not necessarily good soap but your soap you know and so you get out there and try to sell it but uh, you know they really encourage you to be proactive with people everyone you met was a potential prospective whatever you call them you know there's, there's no no one that you couldn't outreach to with Amway you know And um, but I remember one time I was going to this convention down in Texas and I wanted to be recognized they had this club called the go Getters Club you know and if you shared the Amway business plan with seven people in one month you could walk across the stage as a go-getter you know and I, I can't remember maybe Zig Ziglar or someone was going to be at this uh, seminar as well this conference and I, I wanted to be on stage you know kind of as a go-getter um, but I hadn't shared their business plan most of the month there coming down to the last week I really hadn't shared and I think it came down to like the last day I shared three times and one of them was on an airplane with the poor lady sitting next to me you know and uh, she was I had a captive audience and I had a napkin and I had the plan you know and uh, I was getting proactive for the sake of you know making three to making a million dollars in three to five years you can do it too why, why give your business to Sam's um, but anyway the point is we can be proactive about a lot of things but God wants us to be proactively reaching people with the gospel, are you proactive in in reaching out to people? Because Jesus was proactive to leave heaven behind to come into this broken, fallen world, contaminated with sin, to go after you and me. Are you being proactive with the lost? Because you're called to. Um, the other thing here, the next one we look at, R is reach. Proactively reach, you know. Um, I think if you want two words for the gospel for for how to preach. Proactively reach people with the gospel. That's, that's preaching. You don't have to have a stage. And in most cases, you're probably not going to have a stage. You're going to have a friendship. You're going to have a cubicle. You're going to have something. And you need to be, to obey this, proactively reaching people with the gospel. Now, I want to say, reach with the gospel. Is, that's the important part. There's the gospel part. If you're proactive and you're a Christian, well, you're just a social butto- butterfly, right? That's not the same thing as getting the good news. There's a lot of social butterflies out there, Christian and non-Christian. A lot of people flutter about a lot of things. But this just happens to be proactive with the gospel. That's what a disciple is called to. You know, I think of a verse, a classic verse. Many of us know Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes? First for the Jew and then for the Gentile. but That verse, you know, it's encapsulating Paul saying, hey, I'm not afraid to get this gospel, this good news out there. But this gospel has the power to save anyone who believes it. And so if we're going to be doing what God wants us to do, we need to take this gospel message to people. The good news that Jesus died on the cross in place of them and offers in exchange forgiveness and freedom and fullness and eternal life. And we're supposed to get out there with the good news. You know, sometimes I can be like, I'm going to get proactive with the gospel. You know, I can pull out my wallet and leave a track on the bench and and go, I hope somebody gets that. I'll even pray. Lord, help somebody get that. You know, that's a good thing. That's better than nothing. But that's not proactively reaching people with the good news. You know, sometimes we'll engage people in conversation. We might even get crazy and go, so what sort of church background do you have? And we can think we've left. I've uh, shared the good news here. But that's not the same thing. You know, when you share the good news about Jesus dying for someone in place of them, uh, and they can believe that, it it gives the opportunity for somebody to be saved. That's the goal. It's not just to break the ice, not just to have a conversation. We need to be proactively sharing the gospel. You're passing out tracts, that's good. So passing out a track is kind of like, you know, I liken it to like someone's uh, stranded in, in the river and you've got a rescue rope and you're going to throw them a line. Um, passing out a track is a little bit like you've got a nice uh, rope, brand new rope from REI in a package, and you kind of say, here's the rope. Good luck. I hope you can use it. You know, and they could. They might even use it and get saved. But that doesn't have anything to do with you and I on a rescue mission, right? But sometimes we're kind of like, here's your free rope, or here's your free rope, and... I feel good, you know. But we want to get out there, be proactively reaching people with the good news. Giving them uh, an opportunity to respond to this message that could save them. And that's what we want to be doing as a church. You know, another part about this acronym here is um, we're supposed to reach everyone everywhere. We've got a blank there to fill in. I don't know if you can guess what the blank says there. We're supposed to reach everyone everywhere. That means we're supposed to reach those you like and those you don't like, right? And hopefully you don't write that down. I'm just joking with you. You Reach those you like and those you don't like. No, we're supposed to reach people we know and people we don't know. I hope you don't have too many people. You think, "Ah, I don't like them. I guess i got to reach them anyways, you know. That might apply. That would be accurate. But we're supposed to reach people we know, friends, family, relatives. We're supposed to reach out to them with our lives and with this message. And he said, everyone everywhere. You know, if you think about it, the first disciples, you think Paul going around showing up in cities and just kind of start telling people about Jesus. And he didn't even know anybody. He didn't even have a friend there. He hadn't even done a service project for people in those cities yet. And he was just telling them the good news and and they got saved. And sometimes we think we have to be the best friend with someone before we can tell them the good news. And it's good to be a best friend. You don't have any best friends, you know, and you're sharing Jesus with people. I work on getting a few friends and share Jesus with them, but um, so we want to reach everyone, everywhere. You know, so it's not just those that we know. Most of us go, I'm trying to reach my family, my friends, those in my network. Um, but that's not the assignment. So that includes um, Sometimes it's referred to as cold turkey evangelism. Any of you ever felt like a cold turkey before doing evangelism? Yeah, you get out there and you're like ah, I'm the cold turkey, and I'm going to try to share it with you, really. Um, but other people call it initiative evangelism. I think Tom Short called it initiative evangelism. You're initiating with someone you might not know. Uh, not because you're best friends, but because Christ has told you to do so. And He might want you to hand the rescue line to someone that you've never met before. And they could still respond to that, you know. And many have. Um, but we need to reach everyone everywhere. Going to be moving on here. Um, you know the A... I would put, uh, ask God. You know, we got to be praying. Ask God for their salvation and your opportunity. It's kind of a two-part ask here. You know, we've talked about sometimes we could pray for people. We've had little lists before, bookmarkers before, that kind of put down people's names that you're praying for. But you know, sometimes we, we disconnect. I'm praying for this person to get saved. Well, that's a good thing to do. But sometimes you could pray, God save that person. Have somebody share the gospel with them. Have somebody come into their life and, and somebody could who's obeying these commands could come into their life and share the good news and be proactive and, and somebody could get saved and their, your prayer would be answered. But that's different than obeying this, this set of commands. That would just be, hey, you prayed for and someone else obeyed and they got saved. We want to be asking for their salvation. We want to ask for opportunities. God, give me an opportunity to, um, I don't know, I often pray, God, give me an opportunity to be salt and to be light with this person. I have a friend across the alley that, you know, salt is, is kind of like having a salty, a spiritual conversation. Um, and light, you know, it says, let your good deeds shine. I think of light as doing something good, something kind, something Christ-like. And salt is having a conversation to go with that Salt and light is what Jesus said we are. And, and I, I often pray, uh, not as often as I should, but when I do pray, God, help me to be salt and light to Tim and Shannon it's inevitable that he gives me an opportunity to engage with Tim or Shannon. or I did this run to go hang out with my buddy Tim, who's a really good runner, and I'm terrible. And I get seventh place, but I'm there to show love to him because he's got to know that God loves him and cares about him. He needs to see um, a data point, a real person, model that love to him. and, And so I've been praying more for his salvation and my opportunity to be there. I think that's the part we need to pray on even more. Um, another thing we need to do is catch God's heart we want to be preaching we can be out there robots just kind of like you know I want to share the good news with you my name is Rich uh, do you know if he died tonight you would go to heaven or not um, you know we can go through this whole routine without a heart we can train we can go through the classes most of us have passed a class of some sort on evangelism and if our heart's not in it they know we know. It's awkward for us. It's awkward for them. Um, but if your heart's in it, and you've got a friend or someone, if they see this person is really sincere about this, they're really passionate about this, uh, I've had friends give me a ton of grace when I'm just like spewing this uh, stuff about Jesus and His love and His death on the cross. And you know, when they see your heart and they see God's heart, um, you'll be surprised what people will let you share, you know whether you're their best friend or not but um, we need to make sure we've caught God's heart because if we don't you know we're just going through the motions and again they know it we know it it gets old here's some verses just to think about related to catching God's heart again um, you know I'll just I'll just read them real quickly here and let you um, see what they say to you but 1 Luke nineteen ten says for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost what's on God's heart this one here, John 20, 21. Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. What's on his heart. Proverbs 24:11 says this, Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. Jude 23 says, Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others. But do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate your lives. First Timothy three, first Timothy two and verse three it says this three and four. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. What's on God's heart? Second Peter three nine. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, this verse I think about, the, the guy predicting the end of the world. You know, one of the things we have to watch out for, the second Peter chapter 3, it, it mentions scoffers. You know, this guy's predicting the end of the world. You know what's the natural response to that? Scoff. Oh, that's so stupid. That guy is so stupid. And, and by the way, any Christian who thinks God's coming back, they're stupid too. And look, he hasn't come for 2,000 years. Why do they think he's ever going to come? And you know, it just... And God says, you know, you know why he's slow in fulfilling this promise that he's going to come back? Because he doesn't want anyone to perish. When he does come back, it's a done deal. No one can change their mind. No one can say, oh, now I believe in you, Jesus. No, he said it has to be by faith. It's not going to be faith when we see him standing before us in all his glory. That Everyone's going to fall on their face. Some before their savior and some before the one they've rejected. God doesn't want anyone to perish. It's not like He's going to be like, Yeah, I got a few of them. They didn't repent and I came back and, Yeah. That's not God's heart. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Think of John 3.16. God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. We've got to catch God's heart on this, folks. And these are some good verses to... Maybe to to write on our hearts. I remember when I was a young Christian, I was just like, "Man, this news is so good! I want to share it with everybody." And I memorized uh, all these verses were on my heart. You know, I was uh, would recite them. I had them on index cards, and I wrote them on my heart. And you know what happened? I shared the gospel a ton, and I had these verses were a lot of my motivators. And I was just like a crazy person, like, you know, if you if you breathe, if you had a heartbeat and I was taking the outreach class, I shared with you. And I don't know how many people got saved because I just felt like I had to share with everyone everywhere. And that's what was on my heart. And God did some amazing things. Um, and and I hope my heart will get warmed again like that. I can look back on those times and say, Oh, I did that back then and maybe you can do the same thing. Maybe you had a time where you've been sharing the gospel more than you have lately. Um, but maybe it's time for all of us to catch God's heart and let it move us to action the last thing we just want to talk about here and you have this on your handout as well just have no hindrances we're praying about this we want to reach the lost we want opportunities but sometimes we have these hindrances in our life things like unconfessed sin well God I really want you to use me I really want to get the gospel out and and have things we're keeping in the dark Things, habits, sins, secrets, shameful things. that We want to do both. We want to live for God's glory and keep things in the dark. And, you know, following Christ doesn't work like that. He wants you to get it in the light. If you want opportunities, you want to catch this heart, you might have to get some of these other things off your heart. Um, What's another one here? See if I got the list. We'll just read through the list here. Unbelief sometimes can be something that You know, God, uh, I know you want to do this. I just don't believe you're willing to stoop so low as to use someone like me. God, uh, I I know you answered this prayer back when I was in college. I just haven't... I don't think you're going to answer it now that I'm married with kids. Uh, We can have unbelief and, and we don't... We have hard, unbelieving hearts. The next one, it could be unfeeling. You know, instead of having a heart that cares and fills, the compassion that God fills for the lost, ours could be callous and hardened and rocky. And of course, we're not going to share the gospel. And if we do, it's going to be hard and unfilling and callous. Sometimes we have disobedience in our life. We have things we're sinning in, we're not wanting to obey God. And yet, somehow we think we're going to experience this life of being a faithful witness for Christ. We need to make sure we're obeying. We need to obey those opportunities that God gives us. If God's given you an opportunity and you drop the ball, that's okay. I've done that. I've done that as a pastor. You go... You know, God gave you an opportunity to show the gospel and you didn't. Yeah. It, it happens. And, and what I usually do is I come back and go, God, that was sin. You gave me an opportunity that I did not take in. That was wrong. And I thank you that you paid for that sin on the cross. And please give me another chance to show your love to someone. Maybe it's time for you to repent on that as well. Think about distractions. We can have our heart just distracted with other things. We don't think about the gospel at all. We're too busy thinking about ourselves. The next time we get to go do our hobby, our passion, the next time we get to whatever it is we're consumed with um, will keep us from catching what's on God's heart because we don't have the bandwidth for it. Maybe it's time to free up some space on your heart. And I know it's true on mine as well. So these are some things just to to think about. We want to be a church that really is on this rescue mission um, that we're we're getting out there with the gospel that we're doing it um, proactively reaching people with the gospel everyone everywhere we're asking God for opportunities and for salvations. we've caught God's heart and we don't have things holding us back and then we can really be on this rescue mission like, like Jesus was you know to lay down our lives to reach others for Him and that's our heart as a church that's one of the reasons we're called the Firehouse Church that's one of the reasons we have it in our slogan love rescue and transform let's go ahead and pray well Lord Jesus I do pray that uh, you would help us as a church God but help us as the individuals as the people who make up your church so I pray that each one of us would catch your heart God I know if you were to just uh, kind of show each one of us you know put it up on the overhead screen what is on our hearts right now what percentage you have God, it would be embarrassing for me and for everyone here. And God, we just ask that you would burn off those things of our heart. Burn off the dross that's on our hearts that's the waste, Lord. And, and and give us more things that are on your hearts. God, give us more love. Help us to be proactive. Um, give us more opportunities. God, give us faith. God, help us not to have hard, unbelieving hearts, disobedient hearts. God, help us have no hindrances as we try to get this good news out, this news that you died for, that you gave your life for. God, I just pray you'd help each one of us. Thank you that you love us. Even when we mess up, we miss opportunities, you still love us. You've still got good for us. God, I thank you that you've extended a rescue line to each one of us um, that if we believe that we would not perish but have eternal life. Lord, help us to, to take hold of, of you as our Savior, as our rescuer. We just pray this together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming. We look forward to seeing you Wednesday night right here. And then next Sunday, we'll finish up with um, part three. Thanks a lot.